0: Hello, you're listening to a Talk of Spirit Anime cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo! Today's episode is our Fall 2023 Anime Season Reviews. It's over. Well, it's not actually over. There's like a couple more shows to, to uh to finish up, but we've pretty much got a, a, a complete season. It's time to move on to winter. And do the <laughs> first impressions and all that kind of stuff for that one. It just keeps going. Thankfully, unlike most uh, seasons, at the end of fall, we get a week off. So we can breathe. And Chris can get caught up. <laughs> it's like i'm i'm happy because i'm getting to the point where now i can have like a little bit of a break but chris has got like all this stuff to catch up on or are you pretty much done with what you're gonna watch uh there's a couple of shows that i kind of like to catch up on but we'll see what happens with them yeah i just have faraway paladin tier moon and what's the other one i was saying i forget there's no there's a third one but other than that i'm done and then i can i got well i technically have to do my uh top of fall uh which i should release this week and then i have to do my uh Best of the year, and then we gotta do deliberations and it keeps going. It's always the fun, the fun end of the year. But uh yeah, still in fall. We got our, our our reviews to do. Hopefully we can get them done in maybe two or three podcasts. But we'll see. We'll just paste it out as we go. We don't like to rush them and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, as per usual at talkspear.com, that's where you can go for all of our links, social media links, ways to get a hold of us, ways to support us, including Patreon, tips, links, all that good stuff. Greatly, greatly appreciate but it supports the channel keeps this going but let's jump into it you ready let's do it let's let's kick off things with the biggest show of the season obviously the number one anime (laughs) the number one anime of the season uh 100 girlfriends who really 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 love you you got to do the five times otherwise the, the the chair gets mad at you yep we found that out we we found out why it's five times. <laughs> otherwise, you're not actually saying that you love somebody. So, if you ever say that you love somebody, make sure you say it five times. Otherwise, it doesn't happen. Uh, but yes, this was done by Bibbery Animation Studios based on a manga comedy slice of life. They already have an announcement for a second season. We got we got teases for most of the girls, at least some of them, anyways. I don't know. Maybe second season they'll just like release a whole crap ton of girls and and the the, the the what four possibly five they tease at the end might be maybe they're not girlfriends. I mean, they did technically show the teacher again, the the, <laughs> the the principal lady, and she might not be one. She could be. I was joking about when she first showed up. I'm like, watch she be one. Uh, could possibly still be one. But yes, for those who don't know, 100 Girlfriends Who Really, 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 Really Love You um, opens up with, uh, what was his name? Uh, Renthro. I don't know why I forgot his name. There's, I'm covering a lot of shows. Renthro. <laughs> and Renthro has tried to get girlfriends Many, many times. It was, like, ever since he was, like, two years old. Like, it showed him, like, a little kid. And he's, like, flirting with some girl. And she's, like, no. And she's like, dumped him. So, yeah. His entire life he's been spending trying to find a girlfriend. And they've been rejected every single time. And it seems like it, there was something working against him. Because, one, like, the one girl, recent girl that he did confess to, it was, like, she really liked him. But then she's, like, no, it can't happen. And she goes and she walks off. Uh, so, it felt like something was wrong. Uh, but he goes up going to this one shrine... Where he does a prayer and Kami-Sama shows up. And Kami Sama says, yeah, he kind of explains how soulmates work. Like, yeah, sometimes for men, it takes longer for them to find that one person. Whereas women, usually they they react to it very quickly. Like, they get that sense very quickly. Um, and oh, yeah, by the way, I, I screwed up. You're actually supposed to get 100 girlfriends. <laughs> he explains, like, there's this documentation that he has to fill out for everybody that tells if they're going to have a soulmate or not. And it says how many soulmates enter your number in the box. And they always hit one. They always write a one in there, because that's you only get one soulmate. But for some reason, he was watching a TV show and he messed up and actually wrote down a hundred. However, however, you do that, when the box is like there, and every time you do one. But yeah, he's supposed to have a hundred girlfriends. Uh, he kind of implies this idea later on that if he doesn't reciprocate a soulmate, like he'll know when it happens, and if he doesn't, like you know, give it back, some something can befall them um and they kind of that kind of comes to light when he realizes he bumps into two girls um Hakari and Kanane and realizes that both of them are soulmates and they both realize that he's their soulmate and he's going to choose just one of them he doesn't want to break their hearts but he's going to have to choose one of them and he's like crap now i have to be with both of them because you know something's going to be by one of them so he decides to he was thinking of actually you know Turning them both down and then going to one or the other in secret, secrecy, and tell them, you know, look, I'm actually accepting you. Hey, look, I'm actually accepting you. Just don't tell the other person. But he did. He wanted to be truthful. They confessed. They were truthful to him, so he wanted to be truthful to them. Rinto is a good boy. <laughs> this is like our sign that Rinto is a good boy. Uh, but yes, they, in their own reluctantly ways, they accepted the idea of it being, you know, all three of them. <laughs> and this kind of turns into several other girls going on the road, like Shizuka, who is a bookworm and is have trouble speaking to people out loud. Um, this like massive nerd girl that always thinks everything logically, um, so on and so forth. So And he's just collecting his hundred girlfriends because every time one zappy zaps, he has to he ends up it's it's not like a case where he is forced upon him. What kind of does what this show does well is the idea that every single one of the girls, yes, there is an initial this is the one. But then it turns into a Rentro finding something in them that he really loves and them finding something, typically him doing something really good for them and them finding love in him as well. So your thoughts on this crazy show mm-hmm. of, uh, this very inappropriate show. I'm sorry, very inappropriate show. Why do we even watch this? Um, it's such a disgusting show. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's below all levels
1: of, uh, classiness, acceptableness, yeah, acceptableness. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely love the show. The, it's, it's really goofy. Has, the, it has its, its little quirk uh, that kind of gives it a, a value in, in the fact that, um, like Andrew had mentioned, the, uh, the God had said, you know, pretty much the, they, all of their, pretty much karma is tied into this this soul soulmate connection moment and and not not following through with it it kind of uh flips their karma over and and all this bad stuff can happen to him and so i really do like the fact that they gave gave uh rintaro a a reason he's he's not a bad ditherer. he's actually pretty good ditherer. he's he's really into each one of these characters he actually gives them gives them time um actually seems to be trying to explore each one of these characters in some way shape or form to find out kind of what's making them tick uh kind of giving them kind of motivations for anything that they're doing involved with uh Rintaro it's 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 really shaping up to be probably one of the most solid harems that we've had in a long
0: time. I I really do enjoy it. Yeah, that was what I kept telling people. I mean, we mentioned it with our our podcast is like it's one of those unfortunate cases where like this show comes out right at the same time second season of Girlfriend Girlfriend comes out. And they they're both doing their own thing, but it's like gosh, it just feels like this show is just leaps and bounds above really any other harem show that I've run into. Harem shows Yes, they can get stale like unless you're really a massive fan of harem shows or you at least find at least one girl in a harem show that you really like. You you feel that fatigue like it's very difficult to find a truly uh fresh take on a harem. Now granted, Girlfriend Girlfriend was one. It was a not a ditherer. This guy was like a Tashkani, yes, sir. I want you. Yes, I want you. He's like accepting this idea of having both these girlfriends. Um, and this is kind of the same case. Is he's he's finding yes, I kind of want it, like like I said at the very at the very beginning, it technically does get in the idea that he's like I can't do that. Like that's not normal. Like you you can't love more than one person at the same time. But I do I do see both of them as somebody that I care for. They did something really good for me. Um, I can see their determination and everything, and I want them both to be happy. And it's like, can I break that? Can I break those norms? And they do a really good job of it. Like it's, it's one of those cases where it's like a rare rare uh, harem show where I'm like I kind of like this rentro guy. Like I do kind of root for him. Like it, to go with the whole box standard harems most of them have like a protagonist that I just don't care for. Like it, it's always like this case of like I like the girls, but I don't like the guy. I don't I don't root for him. I don't think he's a there's some cases where it's like the main character is like a young boy, like it's a Shota and you're like, you kind of root for them because he's trying hard and he's a good kid. And, you know, he's a, he's cute and all that kind of stuff. You, you want to say Gumbara, you know, but most cases it's like either a shrieking protagonist. That's always going, Oh my gosh, chests, or they're just dits to it. Like they just can't get it. They don't get what's in front of them. Um, Renthro, like I, guess, like I said, is a rare case of like, he does something to earn these things. Like the case with Shizuka. This is a, gr- a girl that is struggling with speaking out, um, Is was terribly treated by her mother, <laughs> was terribly treated by other students, and he doesn't go, you could do it. You could speak out loud. Do it. No, he goes, okay, I knew that you were having trouble. You always point at your book to words because she memorized this book that she really likes. So he ended up transcribing <laughs> Not really technically transcribe. Is it technically still transcribing when you're copying text to another text? He copied over, hand copied, yes, typed transcribe. this entire text of this book into like a PDF thing that you could search for pages, and then it would do text to speech. And that gives her the ability to on a phone tap and it speaks for that for her. Um, so he went. He did something really incredible for her to help her personally. So it's like one of those cases. Like okay. He earned that. Like he he does good things. Like it's not just about how cute the girls are and how great they are. It's about how good Rintaro is to them. His focus is to make sure they're every single one of them is happy in some way. How that works when he has a hundred to deal with? That's the question mark. That's the massive question mark. Um, but it it's doing it in a way that I do really like. That aside, like this aside from the fact that I like the main character, I think they do hit on some. Pretty, pretty um, tough subjects, but am not trying to get too deep into it. I mean, it gets into the concept of, you know, accepting multiple girls. It gets into the concepts of, um, is it morally right or wrong? It gets into the concepts of, you know, being unable to make the other person happy and feeling like you shouldn't be there. Um, it's hitting heavy subjects. Uh, moving on with your life when you lose somebody. Um, those technically difficult subjects, but they're doing it in a respectful way, but doing it still in the midst of something that entertains you comedy it's it's great <laughs> that's that's where obviously its selling point is uh the cast is great and i love how they they kept kind of evolving the formula and refreshing it constantly and yes that comes in the form of introducing another girl every other episode they'll they inter- introduce hakari and Kanane right off the bat they'll get an episode with them kind of having fun together then shizuka comes in the picture next episode is shizuka being welcome into the group next character so it was kind of introducing a character every other episode and what each one of those characters adds to the formula is excellent i, I think of course Hakari being like the super thirsty girl you have Kanane being the massive tsundere you have shizuka being the too cute must protect <laughs> she is the must protect um each one of them having like their own joke that kind of introduces it i thought kusuri would break the show <laughs> I literally thought Custody was going to be absolute chaos injected because she's a science girl and she has these potions that just completely break logic. Um, they technically didn't go, I mean, besides her her ultimate like introduction episode where they're kind of welcoming her in, that was pure chaos. The zombie kissing was pure chaos. But they, they didn't let her take over the show, which I was actually surprised. But she does technically introduce chaos. Um, each one of them is great. And I like I like each one of their introduction. I look, I love each one of their little kind of chemistry they add to the group. And they do a good job. Honestly, I do have a bias to Karané because she's my favorite. But I think each one of them gets a proper amount of time. And again, like I said, I ki- I'm kind of curious how that works down the road. Uh, my only assumption is that this writer is going to take their time introducing characters as it goes along. Like I said, even though it looks like with the second core, they're going to introduce another five of them. It looks like they're taking their time introducing the characters so it doesn't get too chaotic. But it, it does make you kind of wonder if this show or this story and manga and whatnot does a well job. Good enough job later on of balancing that. Like even with the, the later introduction into this series, like how often? But it's still showing how he's trying to go out of his way to see them. Um, I feel for the guy. <laughs> I, feel, <laughs> I feel for the guy how he's going to be able to juggle 100 girlfriends in the end. But we'll, we'll see how it turns out. Maybe at some point it just kind of skips to I did 100. Like, it'll, it'll, just, it'll get to, like, maybe 40 or something like that. And then the writer's like, I can't balance this many. So, let's just time jump 10 years. And he's introducing the 100s one. And they're in this massive football stadium. <laughs> all the girls are just standing out in this field. and They're all, all right, there's the, here's the 100s one. He's, he's done it. He's up there like, we finally did it. This is it. I, I assure you. And then Kami pops up and says, sorry. Did I say 100? It was actually 200. <laughs> and then he just dies. <laughs> he just dies, like, right on the stage. Um, it's a lot of fun. I I, I really enjoy the show. Great comedy, great characters, great chemistry, um, good good animation too. I, I think Bibbury Animation Studio. No, he went a little no, ham at times. He he, he would say a thousand. You say a thousand, yeah. It was he another totally, digit. Was Sorry, you a, is extra. One more zero. digit. <laughs> one more digit. I just did one want to overwhelm you right away. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, they're in another world. So Isekai time, and they're in a fantasy world, and he's got to find all of his girlfriends there and his elves. and it, You know they would do that. If, if the writer was like, I mean, they could do it before he they get totally to
1: 100. He totally could. They, he would
0: totally do they it. They might do that before they even get to 100. Like, maybe he gets to 50 and then goes, I haven't seen you in a while. Oh, yeah, they're in another world. Isekai time. And maybe it, like, pauses the current timeline over here. That way he doesn't have to worry about... Maybe he has to go back and forth. Who knows? He gives him the ability to transport whenever he wants to. That would be fun. They should totally do that. They, I, I think that would be great, but... Yeah, what, what else can I say? Like I said, uh, looks great. Visually looks great. The ecchi is um, chef kiss. The ecchi is really good, especially around Kanane. Uh, has some great uh, Hakari moments. They they were pretty safe with Shizuka. And I think because she's more the the cutesy, uh, must-protect side, but... Yeah. It it turned out great. I'm I was really really pleased with the series and I cannot wait for the second season. They haven't saved that a a date yet, which they could still do spring. Um they have another like two months to announce if it's gonna be spring, but I would imagine probably I wonder if it's gonna be probably fall. I wonder if they'll do fall again. I I think summer. I think it'll be summer. Think so. Yeah, I think it'll be summer. We'll see though. We'll see though. I want it. I want it. It was fun. But yeah, that's a uh, hundred girlfriends who really really really, 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 really love you. The pull. What was my favorite episode? I think it was. The- no. Um uh, it- I only may- have
1: I only have really two scenes that are are probably no. I would say three. Um, the Shizuka getting lost <laughs> in the.
0: that that was awesome fate I can't fight or something like that (laughs) fate I can't fight she's all stuck in the middle of the the island
1: the the kissing episode taking Shizuka and hanging her
0: up on the that was great (laughs) now see I like the zombie episode but it's like that was one where like it felt like some of the scenes were drug out a bit too much but that was technically we got the introduction of another ship in the series that's a really Mm. great ship that we get another shot of later on in the series with them just all over each other in bed um, that was great, and then my last one is probably Hahari. Um,
1: realizing that she was in love with uh, uh, mm-hmm. Rentaro. Mm-hmm. I that that is that scene, I, I replayed that so many freaking times, it was too freaking Jodai! funny.
0: <laughs> she <laughs> says <That is> Rentaro chan <laughs> so great. I her say you nailed that, yeah. She does, <laughs> <Rintaro-chan! laughs> it kind of reminds me of Vlum from uh, uh, Udase Yasura. Anyways, yeah, it's super good. really enjoy it. Anyways, uh, did you finish Eminence and Shadow? Yep. Immortals Shadow second season. Let's get this one over with. But yeah, Immortals Shadow which basically opens up with uh Sid. Well, I don't I don't I don't, know if his, I don't think his name was Sid when he was in his previous life. This guy that was like all about being the Emerson Shadow, he wanted to be the 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 hero of the night that nobody knows about, just goes around and takes out baddies, but he found out really quickly that humans don't have superpowers. And so there was a limit to his ability to get stronger. And then as he pretty much freaked out and got hit by a truck, he gets transported to a world where he can actually have magical powers, this world of fantasy. And he then at that point gets his powers and then starts to train and becomes Shadow, the eminence Shadow that works in the night. Uh, He saves the lives of a bunch of girls that are of a certain bloodline, and they all make the Shadow Garden, which is a group that is like fighting... The cult of Diablos the night. Um, he thinks they're just playing into his little delusions, but they're actually they formed a whole organization <laughs> that has at least over almost six hundred or seven hundred members because one member joins and she's six six six. So they have a lot of members, a lot of girls, but they just like work in the night trying to take out the the cult Diablos while he's over here just trying to do cool stuff. Just basically his bucket list of things that he's always wanted to do that's super cool. Um, in the second season, we get into uh, what was the we had the the the, the crimson moon, which was the um, the whole segment with um, the queen blood blood queen is a blood queen the vampire, vampire queen, queen basically yeah I thought her name was a, a blood queen or something like that but yeah the whole th- segment that we had the second segment was some stupid thing with banks because <laughs> the shadow garden has like a whole banking system where they're they're replacing gold with Paper money and this other group wants to take him down and then the final arc is that happened. yeah, it was mostly around Orion um, kind of closing up that whole segment with Rose and her her family her her father now being gone and the kingdom in peril and her trying to do something to save her mother and Shadow Garden coming in there and taking him out. And then a big massive twist at the end. but um your thoughts I, I'm really curious to hear what your thoughts of this season. Uh.
1: I generally exactly. enjoyed
0: yeah. <laughs> my thoughts
1: exactly. I generally enjoyed it. The, the 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 problem is that it's 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 falling into a comfort zone that it it's not really adding anything new. I there's there's new girls, yeah, but adding more girls, all that does is makes me want to follow the shadow garden more. And that's, that's probably the biggest issue. I'm, I'm just not, not drawn to the whole Sid thing. I've, I never have been, I do like, and, and it's the same thing that I've always said is I've, I enjoy the idea that his delusions are, are actually becoming reality, whether he, and I, I love the fact that he's kind of oblivious to it. Um, it's, it, but at the same time, he in himself is not an interesting character. He does not, he does not, I don't find him enjoyable per se. He's not, um, overtly annoying me, but he, I don't, I just don't find him enjoyable. Um, but I do find the, the world around him
0: fascinating. And that's the, the frustrating thing. I don't know. I always found that... I was trying to figure out really his connection with Shadow Garden this season because I've always had this feeling like like early, based on his own comments, yes, like early on he said, "Okay, they're going to they're going to go out on their own, they're tired of me, they're going to do their own thing while I go to school and all that kind of stuff." But no, they were still doing Shadow Garden. They were still working to spread their influence elsewhere. And he was saying, like, oh, yeah, they're, they're going to go on their own. They're tired. They're sick of me. He was kind of playing into what he felt like in his previous life. He was a Chuni in his previous life. The, the whole joke of this series is what happens when a Chuni from our world ends up in a world where they are not a Chuni. Well, they're still a Chuni, but they actually have powers. They're not faking their powers and thinking they have that that power. Um, he now has it. And so he has that, that assumption that anybody is going to see that he's dumb or they're going to play into it. And so he thought they were playing into it. They're just—they're just amusing me. And they even had this later segment where Alpha comes by while he's in school, and he's like, "Oh, she showed up, and she's just amusing me." They—they they don't actually believe in this stuff, whatever. Um, but then it kind of shows scenes where he's actually like meeting with Shadow Garden, and it's like, okay, so is he—is this another situation where he's sitting there and he thinks they're playing into it? At some point, they—they they disconnected that, like they—they they stopped addressing does he really believe these girls are doing what they're doing. The reason why I bring that up is because well he even season, talks to, he
1: even talks to Delta as, in, as if oh you yeah, know I the have rule. command over you yeah yeah
0: you know the rules if I
1: if I say it it, it over oversteps Epsilon, overrides them yeah. yeah
0: like he knows about the 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 main seven was it seven I think it was the main seven um, yeah Shadow Seven but no it's like this this kind of thing where I I thought I thought that he was thinking they were playing into it but no he's starting to actually act as if this is a thing and he does acknowledge that Shadow Garden exists. The why I bring that up is because this season was very difficult for me. I, 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 I have a habit of making taking this show seriously. Yes, it, it, I acknowledge that it is a comedy first and foremost. It is a comedy about a guy that just does, just wants to do stupid things and and gets a kick out of doing really super cool stuff that a chuny would want to do, but he's actually doing it because th- there's actual magic in this world. Um, but I get frustrated because I always think of like, gosh, he's like. If you think about it, he's a total jerk to these girls. <laughs> like the whole banking system part, he wanted to literally collapse what the girls built. They built this Mitsugami, whatever, um, massive, massive corporation. Basically, using all of his knowledge, they call it the uh, the legend. The uh, what was the, the name of they call it the, the the shadow scriptures or whatever. Like whatever knowledge he brought from his previous world, he told them, and they built it. So he made they made strip malls and they made fashion and all this kind of stuff from his world uh, our world into that world and it sells like crazy they have a massive conglomeration, and again they open up banks and everything he wanted to break them he wanted to make their companies fall their company fall because they were doing the banking stuff and all that kind of stuff and he felt like they were going to eventually run into a problem they were getting too big for their own good they were squashing the little man and it's like but they're they built it for you and if you just go tell them not to do that they'll change it like they literally do anything you tell them but no you're going to work against them and destroy their entire the, the thing they're building for you they have spent their entire lives building this for you and you're going to destroy it it's like i hate you and then the whole thing with the shoveling <laughs> I hated the shoveling thing, but that was like that was like a cherry on top. And he even acknowledged it. Like, I have to leave for a while because I did them wrong. It was like he he's out there with Delta because he thinks something's buried there. And he goes, All right, dig. And then he just walks away. And she's over there, like, I think I found something. And she's just digging. And then come to find out he did it once before when they were making the hot springs. He told them all dig and then he left. <laughs> it's like I hate you so much, Sid. Uh, but no I've always been a I've always been the mindset of I don't like Sid's parts. Like it, it when it's just Sid it's kind of boring. It is boring. I love Shadow Garden segments. That's why that's why I always watch this show. I love Shadow Garden. I love the concept of Shadow Garden. And I love when Sid is interacting with Shadow Garden. So, love it? Like it? Don't like it? And so, yes, there is a struggle for me because, yes, quite a bit of the show is just Sid. And I fully acknowledge that I have a bias to enjoying this part of it. Um, But it doesn't take – because I don't like this segment of it, it doesn't take away from the fact that that is where I find my enjoyment. So as long as it does well in balancing that, I really enjoy the show. Whenever I have an episode where it's mostly just Sid, yes, I admit, I don't enjoy the show very much. Um, So it's a constant balance for me in liking certain parts and not parts. I think the Crimson Moon segment was super good. Besides the fact that he overdid the joke. That that's pretty much this series. Um I will will give one massive criticism to this writer and it's the idea that they kill jokes. They find it it's almost like they wrote something and they go they started busting up laughing as they're writing it and the and the editors right there going what happened? And you're like he's like I just I just thought of a really good joke. Okay, I'm gonna write it in every single page for the next two chapters. <laughs> this is my new joke. I'm going to put this on every single page for the next two chapters because I found this joke to be super funny. Like the whole thing with Mary, her saying something like, "It's it's time. The red is uh, the moon is red. Um, it is the time." He Sid picks up on that and then goes around and says that to everybody. And by the third time, I'm like, "Oh, please don't, writer, stop." Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the first arc. Besides that, um, that was really fantastic. Things were around Claire and um, was Aurora. That stuff was super cool. I, I hope we get more Aurora. That was really fantastic. Um, again, the second arc with the banks didn't like it that much. There was there was some good nuggets in there. I think how it ended was refreshing. It played out how I knew it was going to play out, but I thought it was kind of refreshing in the idea that technically the Shadow Garden inadvertently pull the rug out from under Sid. <laughs> like, I did I thought it was crafty how the writer managed to make Shadow Garden technically um, outdo Shadow without even thinking about it. Like, they didn't intend for that. They just assumed that that's what Shadow wanted. Um, I thought that was kind of clever. The final arc I wasn't too much of a fan of the build-up, but because I, I was really frustrated with Rose. I, I thought that that I rose has always been kind of my most the character that's not my favorite of the girls because like I like Delta, Cilin, um, but Rose is my is the character that I think is the most interesting in build. Like the writer put a lot of work so far into Rose's character. She's she's seen so much change, but I really thought it was super disappointing how they played her out in this last arc. It was like. Is she that dumb? Like, is, is this character? I thought this character was smart, but I guess she's extremely dumb. Um, but I didn't like how that played out. But still, I will admit the ending piqued my interest. <laughs> it It's kind of predictable, but it, it opened up so many doors. Like, they they literally essentially explained how Sid got there. And it opens up a lot of doors for possibilities going forward. And that's all I'll say. So I'm very interested to see where that goes. Or if it's just going to be not that interesting. Because I have a habit of overly thinking and overly overly analyzing the series. And I don't ever look at people's replies and responses to my theories. Because I don't really want to see if... I want to hope the writer has something clever up their sleeve. And I might just be clawing at nothing. And there never is going to be anything interesting. But... I have my hopes. I have some hopes for the series. I was half expecting that
1: element to be dropped in a lot earlier than it actually did, hmm. because because of the. I mean, we both we both pretty much agreed that that um, that character per se was too unique for it to be just the
0: Seiyu. Dog. Come on, it's just the Seiyu. <laughs> We're like, oh my gosh, this you. this guy this seiyu is definitely gonna be important later on and it's like I'm waiting. <laughs> she's she's definitely gonna come back soon, don't worry. <laughs> that that particular you that we adore is definitely gonna come back eventually, right? 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 Nope. Not yet. Anyways, any other any other thoughts? Pretty, pretty, pretty solid. I'll, I'll say it's still a pretty solid season. It's not gonna. Embers never my favorite show ever, but I do appreciate a lot of things about it, so I'm still watching it. And I, I, I it. the only thing that it would have made me mad
1: was if the the Nine Fox girl didn't get, join Shadow Garden.
0: And yeah, yeah. I wonder if she ever joined. I know, mm-hmm. right? I wonder so if she ever joined. <laughs> hmm. Good question. Uh, Sasuga said always that's how it ends every you ready? Are you excited for a movie though I I will say that one one issue that I've always had with image and shadow is it's I like its style I think the the studio Nexus has done a great job with the style um, I think it is a little bit overly dark style to the point where it's sometimes very difficult to kind of make out what's going on on the screen um but uh, and it's very difficult to make thumbnails because <laughs> It's very difficult to make thumbnails for a animation shadow because you have to massively upgrade the brightness so people can see what the hell's going on in your thumbnail. Um, but I, 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 I've I, always been let down by the animation. They, they do a lot of action stills. Like, they put a lot of, like, lines and they pan and zoom in and zoom out to kind of give you some impact from a steal. But it's usually typically, in a lot of cases, just steals. And I've always been kind of disappointed in that. They... They did, they went pretty crazy with the last episode for a little bit, but I don't know if... My only hope for a movie is that maybe they might actually put some budget into the animation. Because otherwise... I mean, it's not like if it's it's a movie, it has to have a movie budget. It could just be a movie of the series, and it's popular enough that even if it doesn't have good animation, it's still going to sell well. But, that's my hope. But we'll... I guess we'll see. I'll be curious how... Um, I mean, technically, High Dive does a lot of uh, theatrical releases as well, so they'll probably hopefully get it very quickly, but we'll see. Immersion Shadow second to, second to season. That's that's that. Arknights. Arknights, Paris and Frost that ended. Shoot, that ended like two months ago. It feels like two months ago. The show ended probably a month ago. Um, so it's gonna be very difficult for me to remember anything about this show. But yeah, it, re- it released on Crunchyroll for eight episodes and by Yostar Pictures again, based on of course a mobile game. Um, arc knights and of course when prelude dawn came out last year which was also three uh, eight episodes very short but thankfully it kind of feels like i like this whole thing i mean i hope that more groups do this where it's like this series is gonna need eight episodes that's all you need so we're gonna release eight episodes you're not gonna we're not gonna push it 12 episodes the story arc ends in eight episodes which is technically going based on like again because it's based off a mobile game, it's going by story arcs within the mobile game. And that probably seems like it's stretching out for at least episode uh, eight episode length. But those that don't know, it essentially opens up in this world where you have this outbreak of this disease um, caused by this arygnium, Um And those that are infected uh, with this oropathy from the from the orignium, which is this ore, um, they are pretty much being outed by society, uh, seen as second-class people being hunted down, being kicked out of cities and whatnot. It seems like in this world, and I'm I'm trying to draw my conclusions here based on what we've seen, because it does seem like quite a bit of the story is being laid out either in different side information or at least not fully being overly explained by the series, is that yes, you have all these different cities and they're all on these moving platforms. Like you have this, this city right here, Lungmen, and it's on this massive moving island. And they are on moving islands because every now and then they have these catastrophes that happen which is like this this raining of of material down on locations so they have to move their islands before that catastrophe happens. Uh, We open up with a doctor being woken up from a sleep or a coma or something like that and he's quickly rushed off to this one organization called Rose Island. Rose Island is pretty much the, we want peace for everybody, we want good for everybody. Their whole purpose, they're, what they're seeking out, is to try to find a cure for the oropathy. They want to help the infected, and they want to work with those that are not infected to not treat the infected wrong. Then you have those that are not infected, which are your governments and stuff like that, that are trying to push out the infected. And then you have Reunion. So there's three factions, basically. Three, in a general sense, there are three factions. Um, and the Reunion are those that are infected that want to basically fight back. They've been driven out of towns. They've been treated terribly, so they're they're fighting back. So you have Uninfected, the reunion, and Rhode Island in the middle. Um, but yeah, the doctor gets pulled into Rhode Island. We find we meet uh, Amia. Amia is the lead of Rhode Island, and they're trying to essentially. They were hoping that doctor would have his memories, but he doesn't. <laughs> he's basically trying to remember what what happened previously. But he's the one that was essentially working to find a cure, and so they're trying to hope that eventually he gets his memories back. He's also Like a tactician so he often leads them into battles and whatnot but yeah they in the first season it was basically them waking up the doctor and leaving there and then eventually going to lungman where lungman is where pretty much most of the entire parish and frost is uh kind of set in and that is lungman is this big massive city that has been treating the infected as second class and driving them out uh not allowing any immigrants to come in and at some point, Reunion comes in and attacks them. And it seems like there is a a purpose for why they're attacking, but we just are getting to the point where it seems like they're going to get into that. And that's where this season ended, unfortunately. But most of this entire season has been more, mostly focused around like several key members of the Reunion and them basically trying to fight them back. And eventually seeing kind of the, the nastier side of Longman, <laughs> Like, Longman. Longman is its kind of one of those things, like, this will get my review, technically, and the idea that I think the thing that fascinated me most about this particular season, and I had that feeling in uh, Paris and Fro- not Paris and Frost, uh, Prelude to Dawn, the first season. I had this feeling that the writers behind this series are really good at so- showing you that every side um, is suffering. That there's there's not a bad guy. Every side has their purpose for what they're doing and there is a driving force and that's often because the other side drove them to it. Um, and yes, when you have a case where essentially infected uh, prejudice, basically, where you are treating anybody that is infected by this as non-existent, in, less than human, of course, eventually, you put enough strain on them, they're going to rise up. Like, you're going to push them and push them and push them and, and yes, drive them to death eventually they're going to turn around and bite you back. And that's kind of what they've really highlighted heavily in *Parish and Frost is that idea of so many individuals that are mainly on the Reunion side that are hurting. They are treated terribly, and they're not justifying it, but it technically is showing you that there is a reason why these people are doing what they're doing, and they're trying to gain some sort of footing, whereas those that are not infected are... And this is what the Great Side is, because... On the opposite end, like with Lungmen, um, a lot of the perspective on this season was around Shin. Shin is the commander of like the main defense force of Lungman. and she's seeing that she's seeing like Lungman's kind of bad. <laughs> like this, what we're doing is kind of bad, and she doesn't like it. But there is that struggle of if, but if I step away, I won't have the power to change that. So she is in that conflict, that conf- conflicting point where the more I stay here, the more I see. How my actions are leading to bloodshed, and I'm basically being a tool to something that is killing people. But at the same time, I can't necessarily step away from it because then I won't have any power at all to do any good. Um, and that's always been kind of the interesting dynamic. There is how Rhodes Island, especially Amia, is sort of trying to change how people view the other side. And it's never a. It's not. It's never. Amia walks in. Cute bunny girl goes. Please stop. And then everybody goes, yeah, you're right. Let's not do that. It's often Amya is just trying to prevent as much damage as possible until people kind of see what they're doing is wrong. And even Amya herself technically running into her own issues where her actions lead to catastrophes as well. I mean, that was a pinnacle part of the first season. But, um, yeah, I think that's all for me to say that I do... I do really love the Arknight series. I will admit that there, especially with this season, there was some, several points where I, I thought something's not being explained enough, especially at the very end of the season. But I hope it's something that will probably be explained in the coming season. Hopefully they'll, they'll announce another season here soon. Um, but I've, I don't necessarily want it to sit there and overly explain everything. It's one of those things where I don't want an information dump. I don't want a bunch of exposition dump. But at the same time, there is times where I'm like, I don't know if I'm supposed to understand more about this situation or if what they're giving me is enough. Uh, Mixed in there is fantastic directing. I won't say that Yostar Pictures is dumping massive budget into this to make the animation look incredible. I mean, it does have some really good animation points. But um, even if they don't have great animation, the directing is spot on. Like, the, the director working on this series is incredible because the perspective shots... Um, the mood setting uh, the establishment shots, um, all that stuff is fantastic. It's never simple like camera on character and their their lips are flapping. There's always like something on the screen that tells you a story while you're getting a story. So if a character is talking over here about their next move, somebody is struggling with something. Like somebody is dealing with a situation and you're seeing that visually while somebody else is over here talking. So really a lot of credit to the, the directing work that's done to it and plus, um, cute animal girls and big jackets with guns is three, three of the greatest characteristics of character designs. I really got to catch up on the <laughs> animal girls, cute animal girls, sorry, cute animal girls, guns and big jackets. I like it. Um, and yes, swire was our, our, our uh, our ringlets that they added this season that I thought Chris would really like. Um, Swatter was my, like the moment that swire showed up in the show, I'm like, all right, my new favorite character. <laughs> I was telling everybody let me know whenever she pops up on a banner so they can log back into Arknights and and roll for her. Um even though I probably don't have any gems to been on her cuz I I haven't been playing it. I I'm, I'm I'm loving it. I I really do like it. It's easily one of it's last year it was one of my favorite shows of the last year and this show it's going to turn out to probably be one as well, but I can't wait for more. It's 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 fantastic. It's really good, so. Yep. That's Arknights Persh Persh and Frost. What else do we have? Did you watch Kami or Robbie? I I stopped. You
1: stopped? <laughs> I stopped with the stupid
0: uh, things
1: because Andrew kept saying, "Oh, all you, you want to do is talk about those two shows. I'm,
0: oh, that one, yeah. Did you finish Spy Family? Yes. Are we going do Spy Family? Spy Family Season 2. Uh, basically, for those that don't know, I don't know why you wouldn't know, Spy Family essentially opens up with this spy uh, who gets a new job to... Acquire a family because they have to sneak into this really big academy in order to have their child gain all these, like, uh, stars that will allow them to get to, like, this secret family meeting in order to meet this guy that is possibly tied in with a group that is going to cause this conflict between these two currently at peace sides of this continent that could erupt in war again. And so he has to find a girl, which he finds your and then adopt a child named Anya and come to find out Anya actually can read their read minds. And the girl that he got to marry, Yor, is actually secretly an assassin. So the whole chick is he's hiding the fact that he's a spy. Um, Anya can't tell anybody that she can read minds. And Yor can't tell anybody that she's an assassin. So it's keep their secrets kind of thing. But you, Anya knows everything. And yeah, um, second season was, was uh, mostly around Yor having a job to escort this surviving wife of this y- Yakusa family to get on a ship to get to this other location to get away from basically getting killed by this double crossing that was happening. And so they get on a ship. And oh yeah, by the way, Anya wins a, a that same cruise. I thought it was going to be like a plant, like they were planting that Anya wins that. But no, it was just that for some reason she ends up going by this raffle and here's the secret behind the the raffle and so yeah, for, uh, Lloyd and Anya end up getting on the cruise as well while Yor is doing her protecting of this 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 wife and her child. And yeah, um, that whole thing. And Yor kind of figuring out if she wants to remain an assassin or not. And then have fun on the ship with Anya and Lloyd. So what would you think of Season 2? Oh yeah, and then Becky got off thirsty again. <laughs> we had another Becky's Thirsty for Lloyd episode. <laughs> some other stuff too like uh, I mean, it was actually Danyan's episode she, and she actually Bond. got uh got kind
1: of crazy on that episode didn't she yeah um I don't I still i'm not I'm not big on the show i I do like it um i I kind of wish that it had the same flair that it did on that what second or third episode. And I don't want to say that it's all because of one character that I enjoyed the show, but it, it, it's, it's frustrating. I mean, I, I do like, uh, your, I like Anya. I love the, the constant, um, everybody's doing things. Anya's trying to, um, fit into this grouping of this family, but, in all actuality, I, I, not much of the comedy
0: really kicks for me. Um, I will admit that, yeah, this season more than any other than the previous seasons, the comedy wasn't really there. Now, now granted, again, a lot of that had to do with the fact that there was so much focus. This, there was at least what five episodes focusing on your and her a serious job. But, I mean, it was still Anya there, you know, and her with Lloyd and right. her forcing Lloyd to do things because that's what normal families do. And he's afraid of not looking like a normal family and losing Anya or something like that. But, yeah, it was – other than the other than the fact that that part of your had to be kind of serious, it wasn't – I mean, it wasn't a very, like, comically, like, oomph and season. I mean, like I said, besides Becky being super thirsty for an episode, but everything else was kind of not really there. Yeah. I, I mean it, it, there was some real great action shots. Yours, yeah, yours her final great. battle
1: was freaking amazing. Um but it just it, it's 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 really frustrating. Okay, this is a I I hate to say it this way, but okay, Henry in the first season. I rolled so f- hard. <laughs> that was, was great. That Eliganto. was it, it was hilarious. And and I I, I have this kind of frustrating thing that I'm constantly watching and waiting for that. And I know that I shouldn't be expecting that, but at the same time, Black, like like Andrew said, Becky's f- freaking hilarious. I I there was one one particular episode that Andrew didn't really like that I actually did like. Um and that was the tennis match. Why? I don't know. It worked for me. Um but in all actuality, some of the some of the kind of Family uh, things that Lloyd is going through is interesting. Um, as, as far as character study, some of the stuff that Yor is going through with, with her character study as far as why is she still an assassin when she is technically uh, valuing her family more. That's interesting. Um, but outside of that, it's just – it's just – I, I I'm I'm I guess I just keep watching and hope that sooner or later it just hits something
0: for me. I mean that kind of plays into what I, my feelings were with the end of uh, the second core of the first season. It was like I I really did feel like I'm kind of happy that for once you're kind of on the same board as I am, and maybe that's because it just this particular season specifically. Um, but I fell off of I I fell off of, but still enjoy Spy Family like. I thought the first core of the first season was brilliant. Like I was like this is going to be the best series ever. I was so hot on it. I thought the chemistry was fantastic. Um everything was working out fantastic. And then by the time the second core hit and going into the second core, it's like at some point I realized this is the this is not really doing anything. Like it's not it's not going anywhere. The characters aren't really doing much. There there's no I don't like, I don't expect like massive character change and massive character growth. I mean, I, I sort of had a feeling that something could happen with Yor because they started hitting on the idea of her. Like, do I want to continue doing this? Like Lloyd and Anya in front of me are going to go off and have fun together. And I kind of want to join them. Like I, I want to be there as a mother because I think it'll be fun, but no, I have to do this bodyguard stuff. And she was like, well, maybe this could be my last job. Like she was considering this could be my last job. Yes. And while I watched the episode, I'm going, that's never going to happen. Like, like you, Lloyd, Yor has to be the assassin. That's the joke. That's just like Lloyd suddenly going, I want to give up being a spy. He would no longer be hiding the fact that he's a spy. That part of the story ends. And that, thus, that chemistry that the, and I mentioned this with the first season, I mentioned the idea that I never thought that Yor would ever kill again because they pigeonhole themselves into this wholesome family comedy. Well, granted, they proved that to me wrong. They proved me wrong with this season because, yes, the moment this (laughs) dagger goes flying through this door right to the head of this guy, I'm like, okay, (laughs) finally, (laughs) we're showing your killing again. Um, She's actually being an assassin. Kind of proved me wrong there, but it still kind of holds true in the idea that I don't know that I would ever, if they would ever do anything to really kind of shake up the molds of this story because this writer has sort of wrote themselves into. This is the sh- the shtick, and these characters do all these things, and I found out really quickly with the first, the second half of the first quarter of, or the fir- the second half of the first season, that that's their shtick. That's always gonna be their shtick. Whenever whenever Frost shows up, she's talking about how much she thinks Lloyd is great. She finally gets an episode this this season. What does she do? She was trying to prove to Lloyd that she's great. And that was that's her that's her entire episode is her doing all the work that Lloyd can't do at the time, so, time so, so, so that she can prove something so, to him. And then yes, he gets her a, a souvenir, and she runs off saying how much she loves him. Uh, we get a we get a little segment with Yuri. What is he doing, by the way? He's obsessing over his sister. Hmm, that's a big shock. That's a big change. Uh, anything else? No, he's just obsessing over his sister. Well, it all says, it, po-
1: it all it all culminates in this one final scene where uh, Anya says something about. Um, Lying is bad and everybody goes on to say how bad Anya or how bad lying is. And then Anya's the entire time listening to their thoughts and how they are each considering the fact that they're (laughs) They're such big liars.
0: (sighs) But no, my my whole point is that it's like. I agree. I still I do enjoy the series. It's still a fun, wholesome series. And, yes, it gets crazy with the action, the whole thing with Yor, which I've been wanting for a long time. This season finally gave me something where Yor is doing something, and I loved it. But, yes, when I step back, it's like I don't necessarily feel like this show is doing anything to really kind of surprise me anymore. The comedy's not surprising me. The story's not surprising me. The characters aren't surprising me. It's gotten gotten too comfortable. Yeah. Like, it feels like a series has gotten way too comfortable. And your killing people, yes, feels like it's getting out of that rut, but it's still technically within the bounds that they've set it up, and they're not doing enough with it. So, I don't know. I, I hope that eventually it, it does something different, but it's still a, a good show, just not not great. Like, it, it is one of those things where I'm like, I'm looking at doing my top ten of fall, and It's like, it's sad that I don't have any desire to put Spy Family in it. Like, this is the biggest show technically of the season. And I have no... I had no really desire to really kind of put it in there because I don't really feel like it's doing enough. Like, I can't give this a slot in my top 10 list versus, say, something like Yuzuki Family that made me cry my eyes out. Like, this did so many things that shocked me. Spy Family just did the status quo. So, it it looks great. again, great studio. But, yeah, I I want more. Because, like I said, I, I, I was massively in love with the first season when it first started. I thought it was so great, but... We'll see. We'll see if it goes anywhere from there. But for now, at least we got your shot in the butt. That was funny. <laughs> Entire episode of her dealing with the fact that she got shot in the butt. And she has to hide it. I feel so bad for her. Um, let, let's go ahead and do Miggy before I forget. Uh, Miggy and Dolly. This one was uh, 13 episodes done by Geek Toys in Town, Based on a manga that was by uh, Nami... Sano, uh, Sano, of course, unfortunately uh, passed away in August. I believe it was uh, was the creator of "Haven't You Heard?" I'm Sakamoto, but Migi and Dali pretty much opens up with uh, Migi and Dolly, and they're in this orphanage. At some point, this these, this elderly couple come in. Not elderly; they're they're pretty up there in age, like fifty or whatever. Um, Yoko and and Osamu they come into the orphanage to adopt one child. Now, the thing that piques Dolly and Megan Dolly's interest as twins. Um, not as twins, but they're twins, what piques their interest is that the two of them live in this one specific village, which is Oregon Village. And they immediately pick up on this because Oregon Village is where their mother was. They were with their mother at some point in Oregon Village, and that was where their mother was killed. And so they badly want to get back there so they can investigate what happened to their mother. But these this couple can only adopt one child. So they decide to... You know, put into effect this massive plan to make this grandiose appearance to them just before they leave. That way they leave impact on the two of them before they leave. And they make sure that it seems like it's only one of them. And sure enough, they get adopted and... Or they adopt one of them, which is... They named themselves Hitori. And the two of them, Miki and Dali, will trade places while always keeping the appearance to this couple that they're one child. So one of them will always be in the shadow and the other one is in front of the parents, and every now and then they'll switch places without them knowing and assist each other. Well, all the time they're investigating to try to find out what happened to their mother, why she was killed, who killed their mother, all that kind of stuff. The only thing they know is at some point they found her, she was bleeding out, she was dead, and they buried her. So yeah, that's that's kind of the the setup and the crazy shenanigans unfold. <laughs> um, Yeah to get through the whole spiel, which we pretty much went through with the first impressions is, um, definitely feels like haven't you heard on Sakamoto, this, this creator excels at just doing the most odd off the wall things in the coolest way possible. Uh, the, the prime example I always give people is when one of them is eating at the dinner table with the parents and they get full and the other brother is underneath the table hiding and they're hungry <laughs> So what they do is instead of like typically what you would do is go, oh, I dropped my fork and you lean over and then the other person comes up and you know replaces you from underneath the table. No, they decide to do this thing where they like, they lock their feet and they grab their hands and they do this weird like loop-de-loop to replace each other while on the chair. It was just off the wall weird. Or later on, they're trying to um, figure out how to – well, they're being taught how to make a cherry pie and they have to do like the crisscross Pie decoration on the top of the pie, and only one of them knows how to do it. So they come up behind the other one and replace their arms to wrap it right there while they're working. It's just like the most weirdest stuff. Uh, because the old man can't lift them up on their shoulders to get to this bird house, they decide Stupid to rope. use a rope and counterweight what the father blindfolded so that he can successfully lift them up and thus make him happy. Because they're trying to make the parents happy so they don't get rid of them. It's just it's just weird. And it only gets weirder as it goes along. I mean, they end up meeting this one guy that's obsessed with becoming a bird, and that was interesting. Uh, it just absolute shenanigans. And eventually, another family where the mother is literally brainwashing people by locking them up inside of this closet and then train retraining their brain from the point of infancy all the way to an adult so that they could be proper children. It's weird. Super weird show. I. We, we were doing our um, spoiler—I think it was our spoiler discussion of this show, and it hit me out of nowhere, and I, I'm stuck on this now. The best way to explain Miki and Dali is, yes, if you've ever watched Haven't You Heard I'm Sakamoto, you can get a sense from that. Just take Haven't You Heard I'm Sakamoto, but get a lot more creepier and dark. That's Miki and The other best way that I can explain it is if you've ever read Junji Ito, think Junji Ito if he wrote a comedy— That's literally Megan Dolly. And it was so great because when I said that, and I think in our spoiler discussion, somebody's like, you haven't watched the recent episodes, have you? Because it got darker. And I'm like, you know what? Now that I've watched those two episodes, I still stand by it. Because (laughs) Jinji Ito is dark. And this is still, haven't you heard on Sakamoto comedy? And they're still both present. Like, even when the show gets its darkest, it's still weird. And it's still oddly comical in a way. Um, This writer unfortunately, again, rest in peace, was brilliant. Brilliant at oddities. Brilliant at weirdness. Brilliant at creepiness. And brilliant at still still being logical. But that's the weird thing. Because these characters act so weird. And I think it works around the other characters that they were weird because everybody's kind of got a couple screws loose. Like, <laughs> there's not a single character in this, this series that doesn't have something odd about them that it, they technically can accept the other oddities around them. Um, and that's all kind of presented in surprisingly enough with geek toys. I think geek toys, we haven't really had too much luck with, but maybe with comp town and present or whatever. Um, it's not like crazy action show or anything like that, but they did a really good job of nailing that oddity and the music phenomenal. Um, yes. There's a lot of reuse songs over and over again they have vocals in it as well because it, it almost kind of like a a creepy um whimsicalness to it um that the music has with the vocals and yes it's played a lot but it's perfect like it it just fits the setting it fits the scene whenever something really when they do something really weird it'll play in that music and just kind of add to that unsettlingness of the characters and everything like that that's going on but It's super good. Um, It plays into them basically discovering the origins of what happened to their mother while they try to find out where they were living at based on this wallpaper, eventually leading into trying to figure out who actually did it, what actually happened with their mother. And just to another kind of bonus for people, because we always like to point this out whenever it's the case, full adaptation. So this did the whole story, the entire manga, and it was a very 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 satisfying ending i was very pleased the ending i actually almost (laughs) i got pretty emotional with the last episode i thought it was a it was a very sweet ending to it that i wasn't really expecting now the other bonus was that at the very end they did like an homage or they did a in memory of um sano and i was like oh gosh i got all teared up i'm like that was such a beautiful ending to it i love that they did a little tribute to to sano at the very end because yes it was a it was very unfortunate because Sano passed away right before this adaptation came out, and I thought it was a uh, – hopefully she got to see some of it because, like, this was a this was a very – in my opinion, I haven't actually read the manga, but it felt like a very good adaptation, and I, I bet she would have been very pleased with it. So, yeah, um, an amazing creator, and it wasn't until I finished this season that I was like, crap, I – we, we loved Haven't Heard Haven't I'm Haven't Sakamoto, and I loved Migi and Dali. I thought it was a just a very unique thing. Um, it's, it's weird because Migi and Dali is one of those series that it's like, one that I go, this is incredible. This is one of the anime of the season. This is a potential um, contender for, maybe not number one, but a contender for that top list of 2023. But it's one of those series that I blame nobody for not watching it. Like, it is one of those ones where you just, you have to feel it. Like, you have to watch, you you have to be in the mood, or it just has to work for you. And I fully understand if it doesn't work for people. It's just super weird, and I love it. I loved it for that exact reason. It's just cringy. it's weird, it's unsettling, and it's funny at the same time. So, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I, I, I... I highly recommend at least giving. I think you'll know in the first episode. It's one of those shows where you'll know in the first episode if it works for you. If it, if you don't if you don't get that like, this is so weird, but I like it kind of mood to it. If you don't get it, just don't worry about it. But if it works, it's it's brilliant. It's it's absolutely a masterpiece in what it's doing. So that's um, that is not Steve Jobs. Yeah, <laughs> they they love their stupid they stupid turtlenecks, and she wanted to get him something else. And like, no, I really like this shirt. You're not stupid, Dubsy. <laughs> it was so great. Um, Yoko and her cussing was great. Yeah, that's um, that's Megan Deli. Rest in peace. That was uh, it sucks. Like, it's 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 one of those moments when I when that memorial came up on the screen, I was like, it sucks how we lost such a an absolutely talented, and hardworking creator. Because apparently, what she she was actually working on her next project already, and she passed away working on that project like she just she knew she was ill and she just kept moving like she's i guessing i don't know the full details but i'm guessing one of those types that like i'm just gonna keep working until i can't work anymore. more so it sucks it, it really does suck heartbreaking what else what about 16-bit sensation did i finish it well last i heard you were frustrated with it no i think i have one more episode left <laughs> i think i have one more episode left yes i'm extremely frustrated with it <laughs> I'm extremely frustrated with it. Did you watch the S rank daughter? Yes. Huh? Yes. Do you did you finish it? Like is yes. it done? Okay, let's do that one. My daughter left the I, nest. I don't know if it's finished, but I watched
1: everything that's out right now.
0: Okay, let's find out really quickly. I don't wanna don't wanna like review it and then somebody's like, actually, there's another episode. Rank um daughter. Is it It was Crunchyroll, right? Yep. Yeah. My daughter left the nest and returned an S rank adventurer. You did. It's it's 13, unless there's 14 episodes. It should be 14 episodes. It's 13, yeah. Uh, My daughter left the nest and returned an S-rank adventurer. This one was uh, streaming on Crunchyroll for 13 episodes by Typhoon Graphics, based on a light novel. And yeah, it opens up with Anji, this girl who was uh, picked up in a forest by what adventurers called the Red Ogre in his prime days of being an adventurer. He got injured at some point while he was an adventurer and basically retired in some small village where, again, he found this baby abandoned in a forest and decided to raise her because it looked like she was obviously abandoned. And, um, when she grew up, she wanted to be an adventurer just like him, so she went out and became an adventurer and, at that point, constantly wants to come back to dad because she loves dad so much. And, um she can't because they have a shortage of adventures apparently (laughs) um yeah and eventually yeah comes home and uh, all the while her father gets messages from her and hears of her exploits from other people and um yeah that's about as far as I got
1: so there's there's pretty much a a a lack of s-rank adventures being that she's the only s-rank adventurer apparently and so every freaking s-rank job has to be done by her until she finally convinces them to bring ba- bring, bring in, in yeah, back the, old, yeah, the, keep, the old the old guys.
0: guards, <laughs> a bunch of old folks come bring them back in there because they can't get anybody else. Did they, they actually explain it to, in this idea of like, you know, maybe this certain generation is able to be super powerful and all the new generation can't? No, they, just they suck. They, they just <laughs> they're just short-handed, Andrew. That's there's nothing complicated about it. Just they're just shorthanded. So what was your, what was your, what was your ultimate thoughts on it? Did they ever, did, did Angie marry her dad? I'm just no. joking. I'm just joking. People don't get in the comments. They get so mad when I made that joke.
1: She <laughs> her, was, hunt- she was, she was, she was wife hunting though. She was hu- wife hunting for she was dad? Wi-
0: Yeah. She was wife oh, hunting. Oh, nice. She's trying to hook up her
1: dad. And then, and then he got mad at her. Oh. And, and she was, and she, she got all pouty for a second. Oh. Um, yeah. I could see like, what was it? Her name? The Maria? Yeah. Was it her? Did he try to no. did he try to set up with Maria? Oh gosh, no. No, she <laughs> It was the orphanage lady, the
0: um... <laughs> well, I mean, the entire Bordeaux family wanted to get with him, so why not? I know, right? Just just hook him up with the Bordeaux family. No, he did not want to leave town. Or at least the, town, the elder sister. And then he left town. I don't know what the heck is. <laughs> I think, I figured eventually he was going to join Anji and just go out adventuring together. That That way she's always happy. Um... <sighs> I generally like the
1: show it's, it's, it's kind of got this sweet, uh, nature to it of this, uh, kind of, uh, Angie, con- con- uh, Angeline constantly kind of, uh, building up her dad and, and just kind of doing all these things around, uh, all these adventures and all the time she's constantly going on about her dad, and and how the all this information kind of just slowly swe- uh, 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 moves its way down the the grapevine, and eventually gets back to him, and he finds out about you know, uh, for instance, uh, how we ended up meeting the Bordeaux's was um, that they were all coming to find him because they wanted to meet this
0: uh, red ogre, Belgrieve. And all these all these stories were... were... Well, she got the, the one of the sisters. She was supposed to go home to see dad. She finally got time off, and she was going to go see her dad. But on the way home, she ends up running into this other girl which was part of the Bardo family and she dropped what she was doing to take her to their ailing father who was going to die. So if she didn't drop what she was doing to go see her father, she wouldn't be able to see her ailing, dying father. And so they wanted to repay her back for that so Sasha comes was one of the sister goes over there to pay her because she said, to no, I won't take any money. Just give your give the money to my dad. <laughs> and so he shows up with all this money. And then she realizes, yeah, that's the red ogre. And she gets all like excited and wants to train her to him. And then, yes, then Hel- Helvelica shows up and says, who is the new family leader? Marry me. No, she wanted to recruit him. And then eventually she's like, OK, then fine. Then marry me or something like that. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Dad's like, no, I don't want to be a part of nobles. Sorry, who was Ilya? Uh, who, who did Ilya end up being? Charlotte? Who, who was Hurst? What was her story? Because I always got a kick out of the fact that she looks like Ilya from Ilya's Phil. From she fate, she was a effectively priestess?
1: no. She was a saint, and the church. Effectively, the uh, the world turned on the this particular church. I'm guessing it was corrupt or something like that. But most and likely, so if, if she, it's an anime, it's probably yeah, a corrupt. The church. The, the church was corrupt. Um, somehow, this ended up killing her parents, and she ended up getting kind of uh, turned against the church, and so she became the basically the saint of the evil people, and so she she was then she was being hired by the not bordeaux the other noble who's attacking the Bordeaux and she they, so they were using the bordeaux's her bordeauxs
0: back in the picture
1: yeah and then Damn. uh the ogre uh belgrave ended up uh, saving the Bordeaux and of course she was in there and he gave she her a big married. he gave him gave her a big hug and <laughs> that
0: made her change her ways um <laughs> saved saved ilya just by yes, hugging her get, just by the hugging the power her. of the power of Papa of <laughs> hug I will admit that like, my biggest driving force watching the show initially was, was Belgrieve. I thought his his side of it was super good. Um, the thing that obviously drove me away from watching it was because I got kind of tired of Anji and how... I've, not the whole... Like I said, the the joke was the idea that eventually in the light novel they marry. But honest truth was just... I just couldn't stand how repetitive Anji was. And that could hopefully have changed over time, but... It wasn't, I couldn't stand it. It's it's one of those frustrating things. That I I guess I had a higher tolerance for because yes, it didn't bother me. So, um, you had a little bit more immunity than I did. I was I was still fresh off of the last one, and it didn't bother me as much. It I didn't. Well, I mean, you watched the other show that I I couldn't really stand with that. No, it was that wasn't really a problem. There It was the I do everything anything for my daughter or something like that. I don't know. It's not it's not like the specifically the I don't mind the dad con thing. It's just. And, and I do understand that it's a lot with this story seemingly to be just admiration yeah she admires I mean if she's looking for a wife for her dad it's not as if she loves him um she admires her father a lot this is the the guy that she's always looked up to this guy's strong well and obviously, they, they, for a good reason because he is extremely strong yeah and and that and key keep... side of it was really his feeling inadequate look at my daughter she's being she's doing what I could never do. But in actuality, he's really powerful.
1: Yeah, and and that and they 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 it becomes more and more clear as the episodes go. I mean, it it doesn't flat out show him as OP um, because he goes up against um, uh, the the silver uh, heroes, and um, they they kind of imply that they beat him, but at the same time, they they acknowledge his his strength. So it's it's one of those really cool cool kind of notes of yes um, okay because it, the entire time you're kind of I getting the implication that he is very strong, but Angie is not. She's still kind of green, and so she kind of makes silly mistakes, and that's yeah. that's like even even when the Bordeaux they have one of their guys. Uh, uh, says oh yeah well i can beat the red ogre and he goes up against him and he he does something silly and and obviously because he's probably pretty green as well and it's like you you have all these hints that yes he's strong but at the same His time experience. it's, he's experienced and then when he goes up against um the the silver uh heroes it, you're 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 sitting there going okay huh maybe he actually is strong and then they, then you go on uh, things are also happening later on and it's it's interesting to to as, as like Andrew's saying red ogre side is very interesting. Um, Angie is is kind of like the red ogre is is where you actually will get your kind of character study and Angie is kind of like more exploring the world itself where they you're you're kind of getting the implication that there is um the uh what the demon lords are and why why do they matter why it, it, it is Ange, or Angie so strong um what is Charlotte how does Charlotte fit into the big picture um so there's a lot of really cool things that are kind of happening kind of on the sidelines but it doesn't really feel like it's dragging the story out into the forefront it's more along the lines of angie complaining about how she wants to go see daddy (laughs) and how she's always going to go and do a quest because the quest uh the the guild
0: leader really sucks at his job yeah
1: he really sucks (laughs) at his job (laughs) he
0: she had to literally force him to do it like yeah i I got some more people because you kept you got onto me uh i was like dang dude Either way she, she running the place apparently now. Either way, I generally enjoyed the show. It's fun. Yeah. That's uh my daughter left and came back as an S rank. Um, did I finish I think I finished dating story, our dating story. Um Should I have gone back? Yeah. No? No? Okay. Our dating story, The Experienced You and The Inexperienced Me, which is done by ENGI based on a light novel, drama, romance, slice of life. Uh, This story follows Ryoto, and Ryoto, at the very beginning, he essentially, he likes this one um, girl named Runa, and she's like a gyaru in his class, super beautiful. Uh, But of course, he he knows his place, he ain't gonna say anything, and at some point, he is hanging out with his friends, and his friends are like his only bastion, like the bastion of hope, like these these guys that hang out with me, I never want to lose them kind of thing, and at some point, they end up, they do a uh, punishment game, where they have him, do something. And he, a Batsu to game? It was to confess to a girl that he likes. And he's like, I don't really have anybody like that. And he immediately thinks of Runa. And he's like, okay, now I do have one. And he's like, he doesn't want to lose them um, as friends. And so he feels like he has to do this. So he ends up confronting Runa and saying, hey, will you go out with me? And she's like, sure, I ain't, I ain't going out with anybody right now. I, I have some free time. Let's go out. And that completely shocks him because she actually accepted it. So he starts to go out with her. And immediately goes to her place and she immediately starts to undress because she assumes this is what guys want because she's like this title of Lee Believe she's experienced. Every boyfriend she's had in the past pretty much just wants her for her body. Some point they get tired of her. They discard her and they move on to the next girl. And so she's been kind of used and, and discarded. So what kind of turns from this is you have Ryuto who has no experience in dating or relationships Or girls in general, or at least as they're implying with that whole title, um, In Bed. Versus his new girlfriend, Runa, who has had experience in relationship, but the worst. The worst experience in relationships. The idea of somebody that goes out with you and just wants you for your body. And the moment they get tired of you and your body, they go on to the next girl. So Runa often has like really bad ideas of what men want. And what expectations men have of her. And Ryoto is constantly having to essentially prove, correct her in what he wants of her. Because, like, you'll have a situation where they go out dating together and he immediately goes, what do you like to do when you date? Or, like, what, what, do, do what story do you want to go through? And she immediately goes, wait, I've never asked that before. <laughs> like, they usually want me to basically be at their side as they go do this one thing and they don't care what I want in the the date. Um, It's those kind of things. Um, It kind of becomes a little more tragic later on when you get this feeling that while Ryuto is experiencing new things with, with Runa, like they go out to the festival together and he's like, this is my first time at a festival. And she literally breaks down because she's like, I wish I could have all these experiences with you for the first time, but in actuality, I've done them with other people. And she's now acknowledging that those wasted first time experiences with all those men were wasted because they never actually cared for her. Now she's realizing Ruto is the real deal. And she wishes that she could have had those first times for him. And so it kind of turns one of those things where he's having to reassure her, look, no, this is gonna be our first time and try to really kind of correct her mindset in the whole situation. All the while, outside of them, you have situations like Runa's sister, who is at first a psychopath. Um, For some reason, at some point, they decide to not make her a psychopath anymore and really kind of explain her in a different way, which didn't really make sense to me, but maybe I missed the, the concept there. But early on, it's really like the sister that hates that Runa got everything that she couldn't have, and she's jealous. And, oh yeah, by the way, she turned down Ruto in the past, and now she wants to be his boyfriend or girlfriend. And... There's a friend of Runa who doesn't trust that Ryoto is going to take care of her and that he's another one of these bad boys and all that kind of stuff. Uh, getting into Runa, again, her expe- expectations of relationships and um, why is she why is she really kind of jumped in those relationships. Because, yes, there is a question mark of, is from face value, you think Gyaru, um, Ditz, she's sleeping with all these guys. She obviously doesn't seem to pay much mind to what she's doing why wouldn't she get these men are treating her terribly why wouldn't she get what a real relationship is and there is technically i've heard that it's better explained in light novel but there is a decent explanation as to why she is so acceptant of these relationships and what her expectations are for relationships is sort of passed down by her parents which is decent um for a story like this so my thoughts um, that kind of got, gets into it mostly is I – at face value, it being sort of the perfect waifu, Um, seemingly dull guy gets the hottest girl in the school um, to accept a relationship with them, and they have fun together. And we all find out how great the, the male protagonist character is per every other relationship because he's not a dirtbag. All the while, he goes – no, I can't touch those things because I want you to be ready for it. And she doesn't understand what how that even means because she's always accepted it. It was kind of one of those funny things of like, I don't want to force you into these kind of situations. I want you to want to bed me, but I don't know what that means because I always just bed the guys immediately. It's like when when does it actually happen? I don't know. Um, but that kind of plays into what I think this one does well versus a lot of these shows is that it is. It is technically a broken person versus somebody that's completely inexperienced coming together. And there is sort of a nice dynamic that the two of them make. I think Runa, R- Runa and Ryoto's story together is decent. The issue with this series comes around the supporting cast. I, I There was some good stuff with um, Nikoro, um, her best friend, Runa's best friend. I think there was some good stuff around her and her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend. Decent stuff there. The show was really bogged down, especially hard by Maria, the sister. She was horrible, <laughs> or at least her portrayal in this series was absolutely horrible. Um, just logic and breaking things, and it was just—it was just straight up dumb. It was—it was where the melodrama was. Like, I hate melodrama, and she was literally the embodiment of melodrama from the moment she shows up to the moment they, I don't know what, they corrected her, Um, was absolutely frustrating. So, once that whole thing got resolved, which is literally by the end of the show, um, it was less <laughs> annoying, but for the most part, she was kind of a stay in the series. But, um, yeah, besides, besides um, Maria, it, it was a decent show. Again, a very decent take on a Gyaru series, a decent take on the misconceptions of what is expected of um, a significant other and relationships and all that kind of stuff. At the same time, it, it, does, it does have a little bit of a cringe value to it um, in how these characters kind of see how things play out. Some of it feels like, why is this such a shock to you? Why does this not seem like normal understanding for most people? That stuff was kind of frustrating to kind of deal with, where they're really hitting... They're trying to be very heavy with some very basic concepts of relationships that I I believe is pretty common knowledge. Like, this isn't rocket science, but they're trying to play it up as being something extremely significant, which I guess you can attribute to somebody being in relationship-wise broken, like mistreated, and thus feeling that this is a normal thing. Um, it kind of re- harkens to something like Higehito, where you have this girl who just feels like this isn't right unless I do this one thing because they all want this one thing. But yeah, in the end it was it was a solid show. Um I won't say it's a I wouldn't really it's one of those shows where I wouldn't tell anybody to go either way. Like it is a it's a good show if you're just looking for a solid um uh like a yaru show. Um if you're looking for the type of shows where it's in the realm of the perfect waifu. I don't think it's it is technically in the realm of the perfect waifu because it is a cute hot Yaru, but it kind of feels like it's more focused on the drama than what those typically do. Like typically with these perfect waifu girls, it's, it's all about like how cute they are and shenanigans surrounding it. And sometimes often cases around, um, mis comedy and misunderstandings around them. But this one was more focused on drama. And like I said, a sprinkle of melodrama with the sister. So that's, um, that's uh, our dating story. The experienced you and the experienced me. What else do we want to do today? Let's get let's get this Berserk of Gluttony crap out of the way. I, I don't even want to bother with it later. <laughs> Berserk of Gluttony ran for 12 episodes done by ACGT. Source of light novel, action, adventure, drama, fantasy, romance. I, I, apparently it was romance somewhere in there. Uh, This one takes place in a world where this goddess showed up and gave all of mankind, every person in the world, all his birth with some sort of skill. And that sort of led to the element of the haves and have-nots, those that have the good skills and those that have terrible skills. Uh, We open up with Fate Graphite, who has such one crappy skill, and that is gluttony. He's always hungry. His stomach is always growling, and he always has to eat something. And he is commissioned into this or this knight of this group of knights, and these knights are the ones that have all the good skills and they protect the people, and a lot of them mistreat the people, but they have to accept it because they have the good skills. So there's kind of an oppression happening because they have the good skills. And he is one time guarding this one post, and this one girl, which is like one of the only knights that's actually nice to him, Roxy, she shows up, and um, he realizes or he takes over his post, and then he ends up hearing, um, he sees. A thief running into the castle tells Roxy she goes in to kill them. One of them flees and runs into fate. He just somehow managed to stab the guy as he's running past him and kills the guy. And his skill actually activates. Come to find out he's got to kill things. <laughs> and whenever he kills things, the gluttony skill activates and it takes skills from them. And also stats. So that's kind of unique in the idea that most people, they'll kill and level up by getting experience. He just literally consumes all skills and stats from the person when he kills him. Um, The downside that we find out later is that the more he consumes, the more he needs to consume bigger things and bigger things and bigger things. And if he doesn't consume, he goes berserk. So, um, yeah, he ends up getting more and more powerful, ends up getting more skills, ends up finding a sword that can consume his stats, which is called greed, that talks to him. And then eventually Roxy gets sent off to this place where her father died, um, where she's supposed to go die as well. So he ends up going and following her to this, this place that has all these big monsters and runs into other members of the seven deadly sins, because we're going to get in that whole greed and gluttony and lust and all those other seven deadly sins. Cause this, this is doing that. And all the while, some guy wants to get immortality in the background. Did they ever do anything with that? No. I don't think they did. I know they shot him again. He just has
1: the, he just has the philosopher. (laughs) He found it. Yeah, Yeah, he he has the philosopher
0: stone and he's, he's cackling as a bad guy. There was a lot of things that was kind of left undone at the end. They're like, oh yeah, by the way, fate, we need you for something else. All right, cool. Off to adventure again. All right, whatever that is. So your thoughts? I don't have a lot of thoughts. (laughs) It's, it's one of those that, mine, the moments with mine were great. Yeah. (laughs) That's about all I can give this show. Literally, all I can give this show is I just liked mine. The rest of the show, I don't even know why I even finished it. I think at some point, I was like, I just need to finish it. (laughs) Yeah, I just need to finish it. No, Um, for the longest time, I just wanted to see mine. And when mine finally showed up, it was like, okay, I guess I can kind of go, and then I'll just finish it. This show bumped into an issue very fast. Stat Um, numbers. Stat numbers. (laughs) 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 <laughs> like it, it was good until they went off to that vineyard and then at some point after that vineyard it was like these numbers mean nothing to me. Anymore. Yeah. We're are the numbers are just going off the screen now. And it, and and then well even they, if, they, if, they, if even if, at if, some point they, they got into breaking the caps. That was I I literally almost laughed. It was the what was it called? The um they had a name for it and it makes sense to the calculations. Um the East at the East stage, or something like that. There was this point in which they realized like they cap out. And he was at this point where he was capped out, and they were literally telling him, "You can never get stronger until you break past that cap." And so he got angry, and he broke past the cap. <laughs> it was like there was there was several parts to a later part where I was like, "I don't I don't even care anymore because we're just breaking past." the Oh, is the that cap what they meant by the e the e domain? Yeah, e domain. Oh my gosh! Um, and then literally they they played into this thing where. If he gets too much stats, if he kills too big of things, he will eventually lose his mind. Like, this happens to everybody with Gluttony. You're going to eventually lose your mind. And they literally have it, like, they go into that. And the resolve for it was so stupid. Like, the resolve for it was so stupid. It, it was, like, playing up, like, this is, like, this is terrible. Eventually, you're going to lose your mind. It's happening. Never mind. <laughs> it's, never mind. Hug. Hug. It's, it's fixed. <laughs> okay, never mind. Off to next adventure. Um, I don't know, it's it's one of those things where there is an early draw to the series and that is the idea of this person that can can never have a quenched thirst. Like they 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 so heavily imply early on about how like he's eventually going to get to the point where he can't get something bigger and he's going to always have that thirst and if he doesn't quench it, like it, they even get this idea that he can't just kill goblins like early on he's just killing goblins and at some point he his eyes start glowing he's like what's the deal he's like you have to kill something bigger you you can never quench your thirst on these ever again because yeah the immediate assumption is okay just i'll just kill a goblin every day and i'll never have to worry about the curse because it's technically a curse um even though he's just getting like a massive bonus from it it's also an unquenchable thirst and it kind of plays in the idea of like yeah what if at some point he can never stop it And yeah, technically he could kill certain people and get extremely overpowered abilities, but is that morally right? No, it's not really. Um, It is technically playing in a very dark gray area, but it's one of those ones where, well, yes, there's a few kills that were kind of like, oh, wow, he actually did that. Like, I was actually surprised that they actually went the route of him killing this individual. But at some point it just kind of becomes... Just too much. Like it, 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 it strays away from the gravity of the situation, I guess, and moves more in the realm of just him hitting bigger numbers. Yeah. Like it just turns into it just turns into a power fantasy at some point. Like I said, that the whole East Age and the. And the capping out and killing the massive dude and suddenly oh my gosh he's gonna lose himself but no not yeah really. i didn't i didn't
1: i didn't put the e domain together with the uh the calculator e i, yeah, I
0: totally it's just breaking past the digits man it can't go past nine, nine 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 it's gotta gotta break past that stage it it
1: it it, it, it. That is what it is when you when you go through. I want to say what was it fourth or fifth episode when you start seeing okay the numbers are just getting too stupid at this point.
0: Like I said, it seemed um, like it was right after that whole vineyard scene where he went down that little like because rav- mine told tell him that he can have those, and we it, there it was like it was still fine because can yeah. see that I want to say it was the, was the less than these numbers that was the first one that I seen that it
1: was like okay the oh the cocoon was, was all, yeah that was pff, that was the gone. numbers are that, that was, was gone now. Um, and it, it, it it points, it, it points to the biggest issue of this. I, I liked the concept. I really did. Um, I wanted, I just wanted a simple, um, balancing. Um, I, I like the kind of concept of the, the seven deadly sins. I, I kind of wanted a, not necessarily, um, uh, gluttony working with greed. I kind of wanted to have a, uh, Seven seven characters that are the the seven deadly sins, and each one of them have a weapon that is one of the seven deadly sins. I kind of like the concept of that. Um, we uh, bumping into envy or bumping into lust and um, and wrath and sloth. I I kind of like this concept of, of how these all all play out um, and and going uh, against each other. Some of them their their values may not align with each other and. Or some of them may be opportunistic i I like the concept of kind of dealing with kind of a balancing between good and evil and 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 kind of the morality between the two and how you can um play into that i I liked how they did a lot of that um uh especially with like uh fate uh against one of the holy knights and and Okay. Well, he's using his power, even though he's technically a "quote unquote" holy knight. He's using his powers for evil, um, and plays into that. And I, I kind of like how they did that. And then, well, okay, what is considered a seven? One of the seven deadly sins. His using his power for kind of a. Um, in his his situation he would be an avenger or a um a, a vigilante but technically he is he technically the good guy even though he's doing it the bad the bad way all these things are interesting and they're playing out in this weird interesting kind of world that they were building but like i said the stat values became a little absurd it's, it, it at some point it just became the numbers on the screen don't mean anything because, number one, you have Fate, who's overpowered, and you have Greed, who's pretty much multiplying whatever his power is by about 20 or 30 times. So it doesn't even matter because his numbers could be
0: what? Uh yeah, because he's basically in order to greed, like literally will not let him carry him very long unless he gives him stats like that's that's their pact. If you don't feed me your stats, I will, you can't, you will me anymore. And it was like this whole thing of like, he's literally stat dumping onto greed. So he's resetting a lot, but he's becoming more powerful. So thus it doesn't really matter. But I did like that aspect of the idea of him. He, he at some point realizes that he's going to become dangerous. So he says he dumps his stats. Like it's like, it's, if I lose myself, at least I won't have any stats so I can't harm anybody. That was kind of a cool little thing there. Um, I think we both kind of hit it pretty well in our first impressions and it's something I do want to mention is that I think this show's biggest weakness is its characters I had no care for really, like I said I liked mine's design, like she's it's, it basically mine is like Altria from Fate Go Um, her basically rip off of that design great tan and all that kind of stuff great design, I like her demeanor, she just wants to eat things <laughs> she's always hungry um and even the chemistry with her him every like a couple scenes was really fun the idea like she did something that kind of bugged him so he ended up drawing on her face when she fell asleep um I, i just don't care like fate is just kind of very blah like i don't i don't feel like i i didn't feel like i cared about what his goal was and most of the time it was just to help roxy because roxy was the only person that was ever nice to him um roxy just seemed like just a she's a good person and I, I didn't really get any feeling of her character um edis was like i didn't have no sense whatsoever her character because she literally shows up for like what three scenes yeah i was gonna say she didn't do that much so i don't know and why you, you would get Kathleen anything from her. guys and then oh yeah the, the roxy's uh cohorts one of them is obsessed with her and doesn't want fate anywhere near her i didn't care for anybody like even greed and fate's chemistry wasn't, was, was the same. Like the entire show was the same. It was always stop talking to me when I'm with other people. Cause I keep yelling back at you. And everybody goes, why are you talking to, uh, why are you yelling at me? And he's like, no, I'm not talking to you. And then it's just their, their partners, you know, I, will. Yeah. I, will. I just, I got nothing out of the character. And I think that was his biggest weakness. I didn't care. I didn't even care what happened to Roxy in the end. Like, it's like, yeah, she's, she's cute. She's a good person, but I don't feel anything for the character. Yeah, she lost her dad. I guess that's kind of sad. But I don't think the show did well enough in really getting me connected to the characters. Like, it was so focused on stats and fighting and the next target and getting to this new location and traveling for a little bit with mine, which, again, I said, had a few great moments between fate and mine, but not really. And it doesn't help that like so much of the show feels like it's copied from other content. Uh, the names, the designs, the uh even some of the characters, like they, they they literally have this guy that he runs into that looks like the butler guy from ReZero and sure enough, he's it's a swordsman. Roxy Hartfilia. I got it. <laughs> I got it. Roxy Hartfilia. <laughs> um it's just I don't know. It just um I think that's the big uh, that's his biggest weakness. And I I I think that's the, the troubling thing about it is I just didn't really care about anybody. So Yeah. Anything else? On Berserker Gluttony? No. No. <laughs> nope. Uh should we wrap what what should we wrap up things with? Uh I guess.
1: Let's do it. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I'm not gonna jump on your <laughs> I okay. Let's the last episode, okay, was a mess, but I'm not gonna jump on your bandwagon of hating on this show. I like the
0: show. Let's 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 leave things off with the most popular show on Mal probably right now, and I don't know why. The rising of the shield heroes season three, or Tate no Yusha no Naregari season three. Ran on Crunchyroll for twelve episodes uh do we need to explain this story guy gets summoned to another world with a bunch of other dudes um each one is being like these different weapons the sword hero the bow hero the the spear hero such a sour face and he was yeah, he does he's got <laughs> such a he's got such a revengey suck face um yeah he's he's one of them and he he was summoned at the shield hero which is like the like they're like we don't even need you because you're you're shield. He- nobody needs a shield hero um, he gets kind of uh, double-crossed by the princess of the kingdom that, like, claims that he did something. He she for, he forced himself upon her. He ends up getting treated terribly. Somehow gets revenge at some point, rises back up, and she ends up getting ex- exiled. Um, he uh, goes to a trade to buy a cute Tanuki girl. Uh, Raftelia uh, is able to link to her so that he essentially is building her up and her stats and everything like that. She gets stronger becomes his partner ends up getting us a chicken goddess girl philo who's super cute as well from an egg and raises her and eventually gets the bow heroes uh discarded rishia they end up traveling to another alternate world where they run into a lot of heroes over there uh get traveled back again and this season three is following the death of the the sacred big gigantic cgi turtle and they're awaiting the moment that the Phoenix is gonna show up. So the ne- the next big probably CGI <laughs> monsters. Probably another CGI monstrosity is gonna show up they're gonna have to fight, which is the Phoenix, and so they're building up now. N- uh Nafumi is building up his his village. It's getting stronger. He has to go and save a bunch of kids from this the, the trade. Um ends up uh running into the sword hero who turns into a, a whiny bag, runs into the the, the but well he was told by what was her name? Um the, the 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 dinosaur chicken goddess chick. What was her name? I forget her name. But anyways, there's this this chicken goddess dinosaur thing that uh is the current goddess and Fido apparently is going to replace her at some point. She told Naofumi at some point, "You heroes need to get your crap together because like they they don't like each other." <laughs> well they don't they all seem to not like naofumi i i don't i don't know if we've ever gotten what the sword hero thinks of the lance hero or the bow they don't don't much
1: care for each other
0: but they're they're not working together they're all doing their own thing she told them because they can't work together but she told them you have to come together because if you don't you're not gonna beat the waves you're not gonna beat these this phoenix and stuff If you don't come together, if you don't show me that you're coming together, I'm going to kill you all so they can summon another set. (laughs) So now Fumi has to she literally is forcing Fumi to have to get these kids to grow up and fight alongside him. So that's been mostly this season. Him getting the sword hero and the bow hero and the lance hero just fell in love with Philo, so that's, that's working. And yeah, he saved. He saved. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna go into the whole thing. I'm not gonna do it yet. Atla and and Fol, He saves these two girl, uh, these two kids, these this brother and sister. And apparently, Atla, Atla is somehow connected to the Staff Hero, which we haven't totally gotten to yet. Um, yeah, and he's building up his he's building up his his army. He gets a dragon. The dragon goes crazy for a little bit. Get a little bit of closure for the Sword Hero. And yeah, that that last episode happened. So, what's your thoughts? <laughs> oh yeah, the last episode, the writer decides to pull like some crap out of his butt and just decide to make a different storyline that they want to get into first before they get into the Phoenix. So he decided to like just reach right down in there and just pull out the story out of nowhere that makes zero logical sense. But that's where now Fumi's going, and it it almost seemed like they were going to announce a third, a fourth season at the end. Did you notice that? Oh, they they must have had to they showed uh, a yeah. logo and it had the three so it was like way flew right, away. It. And, I, it I blew away. and that was it so it's like are we <laughs> I know what it is I know what it is you heard it here first that was a tease that they're going to reboot the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> they're just gonna start over they're gonna over. do like one piece they're just gonna start from episode one again and it's gonna be wit studio <laughs> mark my words that was what the tease was now, everybody's like wait what because your assumption is, for something pops up on the screen or the movie, yeah, it probably yeah. these days is going to be the movie. No, it was literally them saying, "Now let's start over." There you go, episode one again. Andrew, Andrew, you guys Andrew's hated, it you guys hated how we handled the whole second season, so we're just going to start all over. Mark it. There you go. Andrew's got it figured out. So when that happens,
1: and the, and of course this guy, is going to be done by master storytellers rather than these guys. So. It's gonna be, be much, much better.
0: They're just gonna get a completely new, like, original so, author. So we don't. We, they're just gonna get Junior Bucci to write the whole thing over. Again. Junior Bucci write, write the whole thing. And it's thing. not actually Junior Bucci. It's gonna be brutal. It's gonna be. Oh my god. It's gonna be <laughs> created by Junior Bucci, but it'll be actually script work by somebody else. They're just gonna put Junior Bucci's name on it. That way, everyone gets excited for it. So what's what's your what? Give us some positivity, Chris, because Andrew throwing shade already. I, I I really did like it. I, I kind of wish that
1: it um uh, got more in depth in a lot of the things, and that's and that's one of the probably the most frustrating aspects of it for me is is that it it kind of feels constantly like it's skimming over the top. Um, and I. It, it, I would really love to kind of deep dive into kind of more of the, um, the, the dragons, how the, the, the dragons are fitting into this, the, um, getting into, um, kind of the, um, the actual stats and understanding why each one of these characters are kind of going into different detail, uh, things of what they're doing. Um, it, there's a lot of those aspects that I would really love to deep dive into. Um, getting into
0: um it is kind of interesting that it seems like i don't know where characters pops back up and they've been trained and now suddenly they're doing like some crazy attacks and stuff like that like i mean they they sort of explain the idea that it seems like there is these hidden powers within each one of them and that seems to be being unlocked because they are aligning themselves up with nafumi yeah they have to go to this shrine and it links them to nafumi and it resets them back to the beginning but they have more growth potential and it seems like the assumption is that that growth potential is going into them having these inherent traits and skills that they're able to use. But like with Atta, it's like that whole situation where he's like, don't use that because we don't know what it does. But she keeps doing it and it's like super OP and it's like, but what makes her that? Is it her tie-in by, to what possibly could be to the, the, the staff hero, whatever his name was? Or is it something else? Is it stuff that's awakening that they don't know until they actually build themselves up after being no, connected the, to the
1: the staff hero. He's he's just um, intrigued by her because she looks like somebody that he right, knows in her right. past.
0: But I was assu- um, I was wondering if there's a connection there.
1: She's getting trained under the um, the same the lady. lady that's training Risha. Yeah, the old lady. Yeah, the old lady. Um, but but it, that's, it seems like their capabilities are different.
0: That she because has her own that, traits. Right. That's because they're the the white tigers. Yeah. Well, at least that's what they kind of implied in, anyway. But. but, I mean, that goes to your point, is that we don't know the exact yeah. reasoning. Like, that why these... I mean, we'll, we'll find out why Raftelli apparently is special. <laughs> but, I don't know, that could be possibly tied in with the whole Katana thing that they came out of nowhere with in the, the second season. But, yeah, is it as simple as the idea that they're just out of nowhere? They's, they have these super traits and are their... their uh, not the the main cardinal heroes, but the the, in, the individual weapon heroes and stuff like that, or is it something else special about it? I just
1: figure the the staff hero is gonna hand hand Atla the staff at some point and just be done with it. I I don't know why we have to just keep going back to the staff hero. Why does anybody care about the stupid staff hero? He should have been gone a long time ago, just like the daughter. The stupid daughter needs to move on a long time ago. Why are all the freaking heroes obsessed with that
0: stupid daughter? Oh my gosh, dude, that's don't even get me started. (laughs) Finish your, finish your review first. (laughs) You got me off on the stupid rant. I didn't want to rant.
1: I like the show. I like this story. I Kind of don't like a couple characters in the story
0: that I wish would go away by now. There is like this weird, fa- like I I really do wonder if the writer's is obsessed with mine. Like <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of like Rent a Girlfriend. You know the the Rent a Girlfriend no, author no, is obsessed with. Let me let me prove let me prove name.
1: that she's really a good girl. You you're just misunderstanding <laughs> her. No, she's really really a good girl. See, he's like she, the sword. Wait, hero, wait until wait. Until everybody they, understands. Wait until they try to redeem her. Andrew is going to
0: freak. <laughs> I don't think this writer is clever enough to do to think about <laughs> something like that. But I mean, it, it would it would solidify that if if they if he does eventually try to. I honestly thought that was a possibility of doing that before because it seemed like she was obviously working with the spear the spear hero, and I thought that was going to be where it was going to come from. Is at some point through the spear hero she was going to like correct her ways or something like that. But that's given the writer too much credit. I honestly. And I had this feeling in the second season as well. I think the late in the, se- the first season's uh, core, when they had the whole like super crazy church thing and everything like that, that was just bogging down. I realized that point and it, it was solidified in the second season with the book hero. And it's again, with every single one of the heroes in, in the third season, this writer sucks at villains. He's always sucked at villains and he's always going to suck at villains. And mine is like a primer example of that. It's like, Mine is going around and they all know what mine did from the very beginning. Cause it was, she went on a trial and they figured out that she was in wrong. She got assigned the name B. <laughs> they stripped her of her title. Like she is Garbo, but yeah, she's going around and talking and and they're explaining it in the idea that I thought it was going to be something else. Like there was going to be something else that mine has, but they never really said. It's just simply that because the sword hero and because the bow hero, and because the spirit... All all of them failed miserably with the turtle. Lost their parties and stuff. And the, and the society hates them. And she comes in there and just whispers a couple words in their ears. And they're suddenly convinced that Naofumi's the bad guy. And that they have to go do crazy bad stuff for her. Because she's the only one that understands them. Okay. And why are they so dead set on believing her? <laughs> like... Like what is this? What is this writing? Um, that was pretty much why I didn't enjoy most of the season. Like the beginning segments were okay, and then the moment that it got into the sword hero and the and the spear hero and and the bow hero, that stuff was just super cringy and just dumb. Everything around Naofumi and him building up the village and his partners, fine, much better than the second season. I enjoyed all that stuff, getting stronger, building up the characters, building up each one of the the characters that he's kind of saved, like I said with the um, the two siblings and the dragon and all that kind of stuff. That stuff was fine. It's just everything around the other heroes I it's just it it's terrible writing in my opinion. It's just very terrible writing. And then the butt pull that the writer did at the very end last episode was absolutely ridiculous and it was the stupidest thing I've ever watched on television ever. Like I literally yelled at the screen, I cannot believe you're doing this. This <laughs> there's n- this none of this makes any sense. I won't spoil it, but I will say without spoiling things, you're telling me these dudes have been watching her since before she was born because the pre the current person doesn't want her to rise up. They've been watching her since before she was born, as her mother was carrying her fleeing from the empire, and they never thought, "Let's just kill her now," rather than wait for an excuse because she wore certain clothes. It was it was the most dumb thing I have ever. Watched.
1: I I I I have to admit, uh, Andrew. I texted him. Andrew texted and said me. that was stupid. And you thought what? <laughs> I was about ready to go. Andrew, Andrew, you overreacting. You're overreacting. You, you And then Andrew,
0: I went. You Holy crap! Overreacting, no, wait.
1: No that was bad. <laughs> I remember. That was bad. I was screaming at the TV too. I was mad. I was like. Why are we doing this? There's never been a hint of this in the entire story. Nothing. No, no. Oh, this character might be this. and it, No, no hints of that. The entire, we're, thir- like, we're what? 40 episodes into it and no hint. No, no. Right now we're randomly just dropping this bomb. Like.
0: And now Fumi's like, so you're telling me they this? watched when this happened <laughs> to the village? I'm like, no, you don't get it. You don't get it. Like, it's almost like Naofumi's going like, are you seriously telling me, Ryder, that they were watching while they were just burning down the whole village? And they, and I'm like, no, Naofumi, stop right there. Don't say the next line. Don't say how it makes you mad because they didn't help. Your question is, and why didn't they just kill her then? Like, it's not like I, I think that Naofumi would be okay with the mm-hmm. idea these dudes would have assassinated no, her back wouldn't. then. It's more of like... But Why'd logically, why now? would they have? <laughs> like, and why would they care? Yeah, that's the other question. Like, why would they care? They want her dead. Um, but it, no, it's like it's it's fine as a story arc. I'm fine with them going off to this other place. Yeah. And I and I, and I agree with some people. I like her his reaction. He's tit. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like it, that's that's the other funny thing, is like he literally even says, I know technically we should be doing this whole like um, I don't know preparing for the phoenix thing that's going to end the whole world but i'm mad and i'm gonna go off and just (laughs) tell them what for plus we technically can't prepare with assassins coming after us all the time who's been watching this whole time doesn't change anything um and yeah for some reason they're like having trouble with these guys like like these are all like cardinal heroes and stuff like that they're like but our hero powers don't work against them You're just really trying hard to write this into situation, aren't you? Because if they weren't a threat, then he'd be like, whatever, we have to prepare for the Phoenix things. Every now and then, somebody needs to throw a rock at a tree because there's going to probably be somebody in there. And then somebody's like, are you sure? Oh yeah, sure, there was a guy inside the <laughs> tree. He just fell out because I just threw a rock at it and knocked him out completely. Um, It was dumb. It was really dumb. So yeah, I in the end, like I said, I think it's a massive step up from season two. But that's not saying much because season two, besides like a certain part of it, was not good, in my opinion. Um I loved everything around Raftelia and her cute new outfit. But yeah, it was a it was a massive step up, but I still everything around the other heroes, I it's like I I the sad thing is, here's a sad thing, because it always comes down to why why I'm still watching it is because I do like certain elements of this series. Like I said, I like Naofumi and his his little band. The, the characters around Naofumi are great. It's just every antagonist, every every person that is against Naofumi always seems poorly wrote. Again, everything around the, the other heroes this entire season has been absolutely comically bad. But I like everything around Naofumi and his partners. Now, as long as I can focus on that stuff, I continue to enjoy it. I, I'm still, the, the, the sad thing is that I kind of want to enjoy the other things like the other heroes. I wish the writing around them was better because I like that element. I like that that idea of, now Fumi has, obviously at this point, he has proven that he is the only one that these people can trust. Now, there is still some people, like the staff dude, doesn't like Naofumi, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I like the idea of the the, the heroes that never could work together, coming together to work together. I just wish it was under I, more interesting circumstances they finally come together than just you were wronged by mine and there's this, she was using you, so come join the, the, the village that I have. I like the, oh, I'm sorry. Spear Hero fell in love with Philo. That was <laughs> freaking whatever. Front, uh, freaking Montoyaosu's father, father. I will prove myself to you, father. Um, the, the, I mean, outside she is of Montoyaosu, chill, um, dude. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's adorable, but chill, dude.
1: Um, no, the the one of the cool things about the the heroes in general, and I and I kind of wish that it was kind of displayed a little bit better in the show is the concept that each one of the heroes, um, <clears throat> while each one of them are a different type of weapon, each hero is a different type of heroism. So you have basically now who is, um, effectively, um, defending, defending your, your people. And that that's that type of hero. Um, uh, in particular, the um, the bow hero is is kind of a reflection of justice. Um, justice. Um, I, I'm I'm trying to remember what um, uh, I don't know what Matayasa would be, but Matayasa is is is, is, like, is, 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 is uh, brotherhood. He's um, yeah, I guess because each one of his he he he, he had the strongest band of he um, friendship type. Um, and he's, he's constantly trying to be the, the pretty boy type thing. Um, Rin, if I, rem- oh no, Rin was the brotherhood.
0: Montayasu was the, um, um. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what you going with the Rin and Montayasu. I mean, Rin's story was a lot of the idea of being the hero himself, but I'm not sure what that would be in regards to a positive element. It was a lot of pride within him. Yes. But
1: Montayasu well, that—that's—that was the whole point of his 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 justice. That he was constantly just uh, bulldozing through, and that was the whole problem, which was causing all the issues. Is yeah, I mean, he was never
0: looking back. Like his video games, you go over there and kill the dragon. You don't think about the repercussions around yeah. it. You just kill the dragon. <laughs> I mean, the dragon despawns once you you poke the sword into it, and it goes goes <laughs> away. You don't have to worry about getting rid of the corpse. What? Oh
1: and and each one of those and that and that's that's a that's a cool uh character study that I I hope really does find a an ultimate resolution. I
0: mean that was a rare w- win with this season. I did like the idea of yes, Ren uh, essentially understanding that what he did wasn't necessarily his fault entirely. It, he was used, but it is one of those elements of like he did do something technically that was Kind of tragic, especially for the daughter. Um, yeah, I guess a, a, a rare, a rare moment there where I'm like, that was kind of cool. Um, can't really say the same for the other ones though. Like Matsu Yasu and and um, Bow Hero after his name didn't really care so much for their stories though. Well, well yeah, the Bow bo- bo-
1: bo Hero is is effectively um, probably going into the realm of vigilante justice. And that might be interesting. What what I'm saying is not necessarily the bow that, hero became Batman. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it was kind um, of Batman. I it, I'm not necessarily saying that, that that I trust the writer to do really well with a lot of this. I'm just saying that these these could be good things if they actually do actually. Kind of incorporate that into the main storyline as as they um, as they come closer to Fumi, because obviously they're not completely on one hundred percent with Fumi right yet, but they're slowly kind of pulling together, and that's probably what will ultimately make them the the hero team per se. Um, but each one of them are going to have to go through some kind of character study and that each one of them represents a different type of heroism. And I think that that could be an interesting character study if they go that route, especially since they're technically hitting their lows right now.
0: Yeah. And we can't wait for the bow hero to unbe broken. Cause he got totally broken by his whole ordeal. <laughs> He's got the whole dead eye thing going around. She's like, we got to help too. Okay. <laughs> it's like they're gonna do the whole Deadeye eye bo hero thing, and Rishia's gotta fix him. It's like, oh, this is so cheesy. Come on, Rishia's gotta fix him. Rishia's gotta fix him. Show him how to pluck some apples for a little bit, and eventually he'll be perfectly fine. Um, at least Laricia is not unbearable anymore. I was kind of frustrated a little bit by her, but she's kind. Of, she turned out to be a solid character, so. Like I said, a lot of the char- a lot of the positive characters around Nafumi are solid. It's just the antagonists. It's like I, I wish this writer would. I hope eventually the writer gets better at this stuff. So, as it is, it is, I, 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 Sorry, I at I least, mean- at least, I, I, I like the idea that it seems like collectively, it seems like everybody's on the same page that the last episode was a was a butt pull, like it just right out the butt. Like and this came out of nowhere. It, it, it seemed like most people can acknowledge at least that. So we're, at least we're all coming together on one thing. We all can agree that on with Andrew on his take of at least the antagonist characters for sure. I don't know what you're talking about. But I, I, that episode never happened. It never happened. It's like the it's the last episode of Web. Now is the Wonder Egg Priority situation that never happened. Anyways. I guess we can call it there. Uh, by the way, uh, thank you, Sabanasu, as we're sitting here talking and, and doing a recording. Decided to up for the Ataki Spirit Club on YouTube, which is the 13th month. Jeez, dude. Um, but yeah, anyways, that's that's it for, I guess, this one. I'm not sure how many we went through. Hopefully it was a decent amount so that we're not going to do 15 parts, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But Hope you guys enjoyed this set of reviews for the fall 2023 anime season. Again, we probably have two or three more or one or two more of these to wrap up the season. But hope you guys enjoyed, as always. If you did, whatever platform you're on, make sure to give us a thumbs up, like, all that kind of stuff. Uh, if you're on like YouTube or whatever, leave us a comment. Let us know what your thoughts are on these particular shows. But we appreciate you guys checking us out. We hope you guys enjoyed this review. As again, we're at talkiespair.com. That's where all of our links are. Social media links, ways to get a hold of us, uh, ways to support us patreon tips links all that kind of stuff greatly appreciate everybody's support and until the next time y'all take care O's.